Let's fuck this episode. Shall we? Let's fuck this episode. Let's get into it. Let's fuck it like a turkey. (laughs) Oh, do you fuck turkeys often? No, I mean, not often. Whatever it takes. That rage will get you through. So welcome to another episode of the Degrassi Every Episode Ever Marathon Podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Bob Hope. Maybe you remember me, Bob Hope, the famous comedian, the one half of the duo Hope and Crosby. Rachel, do you know why on this particular day I am the great classic comedian Bob Hope? I'm going to, there's two guesses and one is related to Christmas and the other one is related to the military. Neither one of those are the reason I'm Bob Hope, so I'm just going to cut right through the shit and tell you I'm Bob Hope. I lived to be 100 years old. (gasps) I died at 100 years old, and I'm Bob Hope because today, Rachel and Pat are celebrating their 100th episode of the Degrassi Every Episode Ever Marathon podcast, and Rachel's about, there she goes. She just opened a bottle of champagne on air. So that's why I'm Bob Hope. Robert Hope from America, uh, one of the great comedians. Did he die on his 100th birthday? Because that would no, be kind of amazing. Oh, I don't think so. I just know. I just today uh, looked up celebrities who lived to be 100, and Bob Hope seemed to be the one that people would most recognize if they recognize any at all. So here I am, the great Bob <laughs> Hope. You've seen me in such movies as, and I was famous for being in, and here I am today in, <laughs> Comfort of your home, Bob Hope. I did the USO tours very famously. I would go and that's that, why I said military. I was that like, that is USO very tours. true. That's on point. So that is also topical for the uh, the events of the episode. I don't know why you, you thought Christmas. I don't think I was a particular. I don't Christmas know if there was any person. kind of like Christmas special or if like the USO tours were around Christmas. I don't know. For some reason, I was like, maybe it's a Christmassy holidays thing that I, I don't did do know a lot about. of things with Bing Crosby, and he is a very Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's the well, he's very Christmassy. His his two most famous things are being a Christmassy type person and beating his kids. Those would be the two things that Bing Crosby's most noted for: <laughs> his affection and love for the Christmas season, and his disaffection and anti love for his own children, whom he beat mercilessly. <laughs> and for the search engine, which was clearly named after him. When I was in a sketch group, I was in, I wrote a sketch. We did a Christmas. Uh, a Christmas uh, sketch show. So we themed all of our sketches around uh, around the Christmas holiday. Mm-hmm. And I wrote a sketch. It was a, it was a Bowie and Bing sketch. So it was like mm-hmm. behind the scenes of Bowie and Bing recording the little drummer boy and uh, Bowie w- and in the, in, it's like the outtakes and uh, Bing would, when the cameras weren't rolling, would always be asking David Bowie if he wanted to stick around and uh, beat <laughs> Bing's kids with him. <laughs> Which I feel like now wow. you can't even say that because like it's not funny. It's certainly not funny. He no. beat his children. That's not funny. But no, but you know, I guess the the level of like what's acceptable to say it changes. Nothing's often. funny anymore. We've put funny in an envelope and mailed it to Bob Hope's house <laughs> and said, "You can keep it. We're here, just living it up." How you doing, Rach? I'm all right, pal. How are you? Sorry, I didn't give you enough time to uh, drink that champagne. I know. Sip my champagne. 
I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be celebrating our 100th episode, we think, of the, the Degrassi Every Episode Every Marathon podcast. Of course, there has been some Patreon-only episodes, which if you're not on the Patreon, you're missing out. Like, oh, yeah. We have so much fun over there. We're, you're missing out while we're blissing out, is what I'm saying, you know? So mm-hmm. you better get over there. But this is the 100th proper episode. It's not the 100th recap episode, though, if you think about it, because we did a couple of movies. We did a couple of uh, whatever the fuck else we did. But total truth be told, here we are at episode 100. How do you feel? Did you? And let's be truthful here. Did mm-hmm. you think we'd make it this far? No. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I'm someone who has a hard time um, stopping something. Like, I want to keep going until it's really finished. Um, until it's dead. Until you've Yeah, I want to beat a dead horse. That is uh, one of my favorite activities to do. I think I was just surprised that we actually started it, to be honest, because I felt like we talked about it for so long. Um, and that it's just become, like, a part of our routine. I love doing this. I love watching Degrassi. I love getting to hang out with you every week, even though we're doing it virtually now. Oh, that's nice. Um, I love all the inside jokes that we have with our fans. and broomheads. Talking about the broomheads or the dope monkeys? Both. 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 And and the Patreon special fans. Oh, yeah. But they don't know. That's the secret. No, that's a secret. secret name for the It's a secret. We can't talk about it. Um, We're going to make them t-shirts. We're not. Maybe we will, but not yet. I love getting to talk about television and I love getting to talk about Degrassi specifically. I love that we get to watch it in, well, we started this podcast kind of in, I mean, I think we technically started it in 2018, but we actually started it in like 2016. Um, Cause we started it before Donald Trump was. <laughs> yeah. We've talked about this. We then we didn't um, do it after that. And Oh so my worse. goodness. So many things have changed, but um, it's, it's really interesting to kind of think about these, episodes in the light of today you love talking about tv and pop culture and degrassi mm-hmm. and not mm-hmm. knowing any of the bands that the songs are nope. named that the nope. episodes are named i don't after. know those are the any things of these you bands. love to talk about mm-hmm. uh i'll be i'll be honest with you i am the same way i never thought we'd actually start the damn thing but then yeah. once we did start it i was like oh i'll do this forever i'll do this yeah. dead. i don't care this yeah. is easy enough yeah i mean I'm, little, we, we set ourselves up with plenty of episodes that there's no yeah. shortage of, mm-hmm. of episodes to do there was a moment right at the beginning of COVID when I was like, well, how are we going to do, you know, there, but that's how the world was. Everyone was like, how do we do I, the things we used to do? I kept thinking that we would stop if one of us moved and we've proven that we could still do it remotely. So I don't think that's nothing will hold us back now. No, now we're here. It's been a great run. I think we've had mm-hmm. a great, uh, a great run of, of shows of episodes. Most people like us who listen to it. Some people don't, but that's just part for the course. You're going to get, you're going to get people who are in, feeling what you're doing and that's totally mm-hmm. fine. You don't have to like everything. I'm an acquired exactly. taste. I get it, yeah. but uh, <laughs> it's just, it's just the way it is, but I, I'm pretty excited. We've got, we've got, I believe 200 more of these fucking things. I think there's 300 yeah. some odd episodes yeah. plus the next class. So we're not going anywhere. No, that's by the time we get to next class, those are going to feel super outdated. And mm-hmm. I actually watched right. those when they were released, they felt very timely and I'm like, they're not going to feel timely anymore. Right. Yeah. 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 They won't. They definitely won't. Nothing is timely anymore. No, Everything changed too uh, quickly. lasts for two weeks. If that, and then we're on to the next on to mm-hmm. the next one, on to the next one. Mm-hmm. I did want to say before we got into the meat of the two-parter, it's like two parts, two, like 
do B yeah. story, but Dear yeah. Potter. Um, and I didn't run this by you, so mm-hmm. I'm pulling this. Um, this is a. Th- I'm just going to ask the broomheads a thing. Ooh, okay. So okay. we've done a hundred episodes. We've had a hundred moments. Hundred. Well, we've had more than a hundred moments, but there have been mm-hmm. moments. So it's a call out to the broomheads and the dope monkeys. Let us know what some of your favorite moments of the show have been, and mm-hmm. uh, where should we do it on Instagram. Facebook, do it anywhere you want to do it. You could send us an email. You could put it on Facebook. Yeah. You can put it on Instagram. Let us know what some of your favorite moments of the show were, and mm-hmm. then we'll read them. We'll do it. We'll do a whole thing. We'll let everybody know. We'll relive those moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because I can't even think of some of my favorite moments right now. I'd have to go back and re-listen to this entire podcast, which I don't think is something that I'm capable of doing. Oh, I would love to. I I listen to these episodes. I listen to them all the time. In fact, I told you today, Rachel and I saw each other today in person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we did. It was was, It was weird and great. It was Um, like so normal. And I told you I was listening back to an episode, last week's episode, Mm -hmm. and I was very upset with myself for missing an opportunity uh, uh, for a joke. Mm -hmm. So... I'm just going to leave that hang there. I'm not going to tell any any of the broomheads or the dope monkeys what the joke is. If they really want to know, they could sign up to Patreon. And maybe I'll do it on the Patreon episode that we record <laughs> next week. <laughs> but we're not here to talk about mm-hmm. milestones and hundreds and favorite moments and Bob Christian Hope. That's his full name, Bob Christian Hope. Oh, that's the uh, three name. Gotcha, yeah, gotcha. Bob Christian Hope. Uh, we're here to talk about, of course, the great Degrassi. Is, is he not Robert? <laughs> I just made that up. I don't know what his middle name is. Robert Christian Hope sounds better than Bob Christian Hope. Does. Bob Christian Hope. Bobby Bobby Chris. <laughs> they call him Bobby Chris when he was in the uh, out in the streets. Hey, hey, fucking Bobby Chris over here. This guy thinks he's a funny guy. All right, let me get your nose. Anyway. We're here to talk about Degrassi, The Next Generation, and it's a two-parter. We're talking about episodes, this 18th and 19th episodes of the sixth season, 618 and 619, which are the 118th and the 119th episodes of Degrassi, The Next Generation. But because of all the two-parters like this one, this is actually the 95th, the 95th episode of Degrassi, The Next Generation. I wonder if we'll celebrate the 100th episode of Degrassi. The next generation. We should just always celebrate. <laughs> Every five episodes, we should find a reason to celebrate. Yeah. The name of the episode is Don't You Want Me? Don't You Want Me is a Human League mm-hmm. song. It's a Christmas song. Rachel, what's your favorite Human League song? Do they have any other songs that are yes, famous for? Yes, they have quite a, quite, really? quite a bit. Yes. Really? The Human I couldn't League think are one of, of the, any other songs of, the of great, theirs. Well, you wouldn't know them because you yeah, don't fucking don't. care. Of course but they I don't were know. a band that, that pumped out a bunch of uh, synth pop synth pop songs back in that in that gen mm-hmm. the only one i thought i knew was don't you want me what what are the other hits you do know don't you want me yeah yeah i know it very well i, I can immediately as a waitress in a cocktail bar that much is true it's a christmas song it's not a christmas song but it was released <laughs> in december and it was the so biggest hit in all of the uk during the christmas season what year? of that year that it was released i don't know 1980 whatever um, uh, they have an album called Dare, which actually mm-hmm. has the song Don't You Want Me on it. And that album is a banger. That's mm-hmm. one of the great synth pop albums of the generation. That has, uh, these are the things, these are the things, the things that dreams are made of. 
which I is don't know that song. song. I don't know that song. Everybody wants love and adventure. Everybody needs cash to spend. Everybody needs love and adventure. Everybody needs two or three friends. I mean, come on. That's a fucking amazing Wait. run of lyrics. I've never heard that song. It's not a very, it's like not like okay. a hit in like America, but it was like okay. a big song in that dance. Gotcha. Music. Gotcha. Okay. Got a fascination. That one. Got a fascination. That was a big hit. Uh, I really like that song. These are the things that dreams are made of. That would be my pick. Okay. For, for the best song. But give yourself a do yourself a yeah. favor and check out the album Dare. It's fucking. It's bang. Okay, I'll have a listen then. It's one of those albums you could put on at the discotheque, start track one, and just. From, uh, and just let the whole thing play. You'd have a good night at the dance club, let me tell you. Mm. At, you know where you would have a really good night? You know, Segway, you know where you'd have a really good night? Rich? Zanzibars. Club Zanzibar with Lextasy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Man, Can Lextasy oh, just man. be like my. I God, I wish I was an Alexandra or an Alexis because I would change my name to Lex to see tomorrow. <laughs> man, oh man, does this one run the gamut? We got an Alex story that there's a lot to dissect in this episode, and it there's little things that we even need to talk about that aren't even part of either of the stories, like Toby becoming the homecoming <laughs> king, for example. See, really? Like, I mean, th- okay, so this is the end of season six. And it's winter because there is a lot of snow happening in this episode. And they're very clear to let you know, like, the school year didn't end. It's winter now. We are now doing two seasons a school year, mm-hmm. which some yeah, of the broomheads It did feel almost like a Christmas about. episode. Yeah, yeah, it did a little bit. But there's, yeah, there's a lot of little things happening. Jesse is back. Mm-hmm. He's talked about Freshman. and then he shows up. I thought we were never going to see him again. And then he's back. Um, no, he was, he was, he was, he was uh, playing pillow, pillow blanket hockey with Ellie. What? That's what the kids call it, right? Pillow blanket hockey? Pillow, pillow blanket hockey. That's what they call it. Pillow, pillow blanket hockey. (laughs) Get it while the getting's good. Pillow, pillow blanket We're doing great today. (laughs) Yeah, Lexi, our good friend Lexi, also known as Yeah, everyone except for the entire Degrassi cast, any, any periphery character who comes into the show calls her Lexi. Mel yeah, her calls her Lexi. Ch- Chad. 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 I mean, did Chad ever say her name? I don't know. I kind of love Chad. <laughs> what I wrote in, in my notes, I have Chad sucks with an X. And I also have fucking Chad exclamation mm. point. <laughs> I don't know what he did at either of those times, but I just know that he sucks. Fucking Chad. You got to give Degrassi points, though, for taking the name Chad and really g- subverting what you normally think of a Chad. Usually it's like a yeah. lacrosse this asshole. Is, he <laughs> this is, is Pete Hot bag. Peter. It should be Chad. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And this Chad is a, yeah, he's a dirtbag. He yeah, is. He's a ne'er do well. He is Lexi's mom's boyfriend because they never really say what her mom's name is. She's just Lexi's mom. I think and somebody I might also, have said her name in this episode. I also, okay, so like when she's appeared in other episodes, I have not been paying that much attention, but I was like, is this a new actor? I don't recognize this woman. <laughs> it was the same I woman. can't tell you. I couldn't tell you. I have okay. no idea. I would assume it's not the same. It is the same. It is the same actor, but I have no idea. I would not yeah. know. For, uh, yeah. Based on um, their track record, who knows? It could be anyone. 
Yeah. Yeah. So Lexi, we open the episode. Paige and Lexi are still hanging out, even after Lexi told Paige that she loved her so much it hurt. And Paige is not reciprocating it, but they're still hanging out, which God bless Alex. I would be like, I'm not hanging out with this person. Mm-hmm. You know, this is like hard for me, but she does. And in the meantime, they Paige mentions that they have such a big giant TV now. Where'd they get this mm-hmm. big giant TV? Then the cops come to the door and they arrest Chad for credit card fraud. He's been opening fake accounts and buying TVs and the like, and he gets taken to the Hooskow in Canada for stealing all those loonies. He went to, uh, he probably like spent as much time in jail as Sean did in this episode. Yeah, he spent, yeah, he did not spend a lot of time in jail. Well, and that is all because Lexi, Lexi takes a job at a, like a, a strip bar, I guess. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. like a half strip bar, half regular bar. Mm-hmm. She gets both. a job there because yeah, it's both. Yeah, you can like you go through a passageway. Mm-hmm. Well, before we before we jump the gun on like you know Pull what's me back. happening here, Chad has gotten them into six k of debt. Mm, right, right. That's which is like six grand, which Alex describes as the Grand Canyon. Yeah. Um. So she somehow gets back her movie theater job which she had gotten fired from for talking back to her boss. Miri. Miri. Uh, and then there was remember. also that other woman that was also a boss that I don't remember what her name was. They like swapped the managers out on us at some point. You're right. They did. I don't remember yeah. that woman's name either, but you, they did yeah. do that. You're correct. Yeah. So, you know, they got this and then um, in the meanwhile, like all the page stuff is happening in the background of like, Mm -hmm. would they get back together? Would they not? And Paige is like being weird about identifying. She's like, I'm not a lesbian. And Alex is like, well, that's bisexual, you know? So it's gotta be hard when like I'm straight. I, I don't, I don't think about it on a day-to-day basis. I don't like go around and saying like, I'm straight. I have to identify as such. And I think that there's such pressure when you're not straight to, be in a box and be labeled as something. And I mean, I think that there is that too with being straight, but straight is like, you know, it's heteronormative. It's like, it is what everyone chooses is like, not chooses. I'm like tripping. It's what has been chosen. It's what has been chosen by society as the norm. Um, So then there is no, like, I don't have to think about anything. I don't have to do anything. Like I just watched happiest season the other day. And I was thinking about what, what an overwhelming, choice it must be to come out to your family like how do you how do you even go about doing that and I'm here sitting here as a straight woman who's never had to do that because it's just the default like everyone expects that's what you're going to be unless Mm -hmm. you're something else and I was thinking about that a little bit with like Paige talking about defining her sexuality and who she is and not wanting to and then but Alex doing it for her also, which is like, well, maybe she's not bisexual. Like maybe she defines herself as being heterosexual, but she has these feelings for Alex. Like Mm -hmm. there's, there's such a range of sexualities that like, it's not just like this or that. Yeah, certainly. I think that that's (laughs) very much the case, but I also think that that, that has evolved certainly since the airing yes, of this since, episode. Since you know? 2007 or whenever we're talking about with this episode. Yeah, right. So like now that, yeah. now I, I completely think that's the case. I don't think anybody's anything. I think everybody's mm-hmm. sort of like a little bit of something. No one's yeah. just a completely 100% one thing. Mm-mm. 
you know how no, badly exactly. I want to uh, see Cassandra Seals, I guess, ex-husband? Uh, yeah, uh, do we know? Naked? I'd love to see that. I'm very interested in, to see what that looks like. <laughs> I'm not going to say I'm a, gay, I'm a gay person, but I would love to see what that thing looks like. Mm -hmm. I bet it's beautiful. <laughs> I bet it looks great. You know what I'm saying? So that, <laughs> I but I can say that now yes. in 2007, I might not have been so comfortable to say that now. I would, yeah. now I don't care. I'd love to, what I'm saying here, guys, I'm, I'm beating around the bush. I want to see the guy's dick. I want to see what his dick looks like. I want to see how he treats it. <laughs> kind of like how he's taking care of the yeah. area. Handsome guy yeah. is all I'm they saying. kind of, I, I got to say like, we spent more time on this in this podcast episode than they spend on it in the episode. But it's something that struck me a little bit was how much, I mean, this came up before as well, but how much this like defining your sexuality was a thing. And they did this with Marco too, about like, um, a little bit as well. And it's just, I guess it was the early two thousands. Like it's hard looking at it yeah. through a 2020 lens. Yeah, totally. I agree. And page, there's also a lot going into Paige's sort of not wanting to necessarily define it yet. And part of that, I think, is, and she says it. She's like, I can't, my parents have been like through a lot with me. Oh, I can't now jump her right into it. Parental expectations are very high. Mm -hmm. And now, and obviously, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, that's like, that starts to bring up the class differences between Paige and Alex, which is a big right. part of this episode, right. is, um, you know, Paige has expectations put on her by her parents of like that she has to succeed and she has to have children for them and all these things. Not those that you can't do those things as a lesbian, but in her mind, that's like a failure of some sort, mm, even yeah. though her brother's gay. Right. So her parents are obviously like cool and okay with yeah, a certain yeah. whatever sexuality maybe. Yeah. It's interesting. It's an interesting thing. I mean, I, I don't know where we, where, where Paige ends up to be honest. We don't, I don't, I don't remember. No, I don't um, either. I mean, this episode brought up a lot of things I didn't remember, like Emma's possible pregnancy, which we'll get to. Oh God, I, had <laughs> like, no, I, was, I like, was like, I did I was like, wait, what? I don't Emma? remember Emma being pregnant. I think though, as much as it feels uh, strange, the way they're handling this be mm -hmm. from a two. 2020 lens. Yeah. I also do think there is a, at the time there's a little bit of progress. It's a little bit progressive in the sense that you do have Paige saying, I, I kind of don't know what I am. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of shows were act were doing that. We're like, I'm sort of like experimenting and I'm into a bunch of stuff and I'm trying to figure mm -hmm. out what it is. And I may never figure out there may not just be one thing. It may be a whole bunch of stuff. And yeah, and that's yeah. cool. And I, and, but I think, also, you have Alex, who's so sure and so yeah. knows what she is mm -hmm. and wants to, yeah, and she's in love with this person and, 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 and mm -hmm. her perfect world ends up, you know, there together. So mm -hmm. I do understand why Alex is feeling the way she's feeling, even if it's mishandled, probably. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I, I was just thinking about while you were saying that about how. I do think things are more open now, but I also think there's almost more of a pressure to still keep defining everyone's like boxes that they check because then people will say like, Oh, I'm pansexual or, Oh, I'm like asexual. Even I'm this, I'm that. Yeah. And it's the other thing. And it's like, okay, like I identify as like a straight woman, but I also have like totally been in love with women before. Like that's not like there's, it's not like out of the realm of possibility. It's just that I'm like, Oh, it's not, I would say that it's like the straightness outweighs that. Mm. Yeah. Depends yeah. on the person. 
You could just say you really just love dick. You could say, I mean, you're just like super into dick. It's fine. I you're also want to see Cassie Steele's <laughs> possible ex-husband's dick. Let's, let's be honest. We've talked, we, we've talked about them so lovingly and I guess they are not together anymore. God bless. I was, yeah, I, I know <clears throat> this got brought up in our Facebook group and I also was trying to figure this out and I was like, are they not together anymore? I'm not sure. I never see any pictures of them together anymore and no. I don't really know who he is. He's a f- actor as well. He's a Disney actor. Oh, he is. Yeah. Yeah. He's a great looking guy, I will say. Yeah. They I looked great there's... together. I mean, I think we both are just beating around the bush of that we just really <laughs> see them having sex. I want to watch them fuck. That's what I've, I've been saying that since the early days of this podcast. <laughs> it's one of my things. I want to see them fuck. <laughs> They're very beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be nice to see them fuck. Just for like science like reasons. Because mm-hmm. like what happens when people that look like that fuck? Does the time stop? Just like... Club Zanzibar. (laughs) So Paige has a housewarming party and Alex brings Jay and Jay's new girlfriend, Mel, who works at Club Zanzibar. How would you think of Mel? I kind of liked Mel, actually. I like Mel a lot. I was a big fan. I was hoping Um, we'd see more Mel. I was too. I'm sure we'll never see her again, but she was a great two-parter character. She probably got paid 150 bucks for the, her role, oh, maybe? it was two episodes. She did have a lot of lines, so she yeah. might have gotten like 150 times. She might have got 300 bucks. Ooh. Oh, watch out. Are you kidding me? She, she would have made more if she worked at Club Zanzibar for one night. I in mean. the XXX room, yeah. age 19 and up. Yeah, it seemed like it was a topless scenario. It wasn't a full nude. I am very, very baffled by the extent of what was going on in there and they didn't really describe it no it was strange like i said it was too i i i I think most strip clubs is that what you call them Mm -hmm. gentlemen's clubs i don't know what the the, Mm -hmm. the correct terminology is is like just one place this was like two it was you could either choose to be in the where the the dancers were dancing exotically or not be Mm -hmm. and that's where alex and and uh What's her name? Maya? Mel. Mel. That's where Alex and Mel were working as wait, wait, as servers. Oh, God. Uh, servers in the restaurant part, the cocktail part. Yeah, and they just wore, like, short black dresses and served cocktails to... Um, I'm just going to go out right out and say it like real creepy. Dudes. Yeah. Sleaze bags, yeah. like a bunch of real sleazy dudes. <laughs> and, uh, and of course no, they all looked very much like, Ooh, I don't want to be there. Yeah. I don't like any of this. Not to be outdone by the sleaziness was the, was the bar's owner, Vlad. Vlad. Who <laughs> was a Vlad was, was real pizza man character. He, I got to say he was a sleazy customer. I'll tell you. He was really into getting Alex on the whole uh, out, out in front and center. I will say there. So what's going on is, as you said, there's a $6,000 debt that they need to pay off Alex's mother. And mm-hmm. also there's a threat of eviction from their home where they live. Yeah. Yeah. And Alex's mom seems to be Alex's mom gave Chad the credit card that now there's a $6,000 debt and this issue. And she, you know, her job at the cookie factory is just not going to pay the bills. And honestly, I'm kind of surprised that her job at the cookie factory paid the bills in the first place because like, 
Yeah, no. It's no. just, oh my god, the things are fucking expensive. So they had a nice, like a pretty nice apartment. I think I don't know. Was yeah. it supposed to be shitty? I couldn't tell. I don't know. And I'm like, who knows what chat? I mean, all honestly, all their interiors look kind of similar, like except for Jimmy's, which is very cold. They yeah, it's freezing. They just redress yeah. all that. They just redress the same places house for, yeah. <laughs> for every single apartment. Yeah. Um, so um, Alex yeah. is feeling this pressure. Of Alex is super anti stripping, but she's feeling this pressure because she needs to earn more money for her family because her mom's not suddenly going to be able to get more money. Her mom has asked for a raise again. She's been denied again. Um, there's no like outlet for, for this extra money to come in. Right. And there was a lot of, how do I put this? I didn't like it. I didn't like how, uh, everyone was kind of demeaning the, the work and like that. And I understand obviously like, yes, it was, it was not quite, I I don't know. This is a really touchy subject. And so, um, but I think it's something that is important to talk about. And I also wonder also what the difference is between a 2006 lens of this versus a 2020 lens of this. Um, I think a 2000, I think, I think that's very Accurate. I think in 2006, yeah. there was very much like, it's, well, you're bad so, if you do this. And now it's like. So this reminded me when I started college, I was 17 and, you know, fairly sheltered. And my first semester in college, I had a teacher for a sociology course that was like a gen ed that we had to take. And she talked about how she stripped to support herself um, while she was doing like her PhD, she was like a PhD student who was teaching this uh-huh. class. So she was at least 10 years older than me, if not more. So like at least in her late twenties, if not possibly in her thirties, honestly, now it's like, it's such a blur, but she seemed so much older to me at the time, but she might not have been that old, but she kept talking about how stripping was empowering. And it really, I was just like, Oh, I rubbed me wrong. And I couldn't figure out why at the time, like I didn't really have the words to explain why it rubbed me wrong. And then later on kind of piecing things together was like, Oh, the patriarchy. (laughs) Like it doesn't, to me, it's really hard to feel empowered in that scenario where there's someone who has power over me. Right. Um, that said, I'm talking about this from a place of privilege where I, this is not my only option for making money. Right. Right. right, So like there that's, I feel like those two things you cannot like they go hand in hand. There is a whole power dynamic when it comes to stripping that it's, you can't just ignore or gloss over. And this didn't ignore or gloss over because that's all it talked about. But it, I thought it was going to be more about the empowering versus not empowering. And like, it did not talk about that no, at all. No, not and at all. this, it was very much like, this is bad. You don't want to do this and you, you right. don't want to have to do this. Yeah. Um, whereas I think if it were today, that would not be the conversation that we're having. We would be having the empowerment conversation. Um, but I think whenever there's like a thing with money exchanging hands and someone is paying you to do something, it's very hard for it to be truly empowering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah, you're still, yeah. it. I don't know, you're still in need of that money. So it's, I don't know. That's just, at the same time, it's still something that if someone chooses to do that and feel that way, that's, they're entitled to feel that way. And like, if that's something that they want to do for a job, like obviously for sure, but it's, this was more about the being stuck and this was your only option. Right. Aspect of it. And I think that's what was rubbing me the wrong way with the way like Paige was talking about it. And even the way 
uh, Mel and Alex were talking about it prior to mm-hmm. was very yeah. much like this is the this was like for that for her that was her mm-hmm. all she could do and and Paige just like demeaning it and then in the end I really didn't love how like. It was like, let oh, you're not stripping anymore. Let's celebrate. This is great news. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, is it? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's a very slippery kind of top because she's still, it, I don't know. What are her options? Okay, so the, the thing about it that made me feel good was the fact that she didn't want to do it and she felt pressured That's a to good do point. it. And so That's then, a good point. So then the fact That's that she a great didn't, point. She, she chose to get out of it in some way made me feel good about her choices in the episode. But I also didn't feel good that now she has to rely on Paige <laughs> to help her either. But like, maybe that's the same thing as having like a supportive family right. it, or like in some, it's just that it's her girlfriend slash her friend instead of like a mother who right. could actually uh, be supportive. I think you hit it on the head when you said earlier, it's, this is really about like the class distinctions and yes. Paige not being able to see through her cloud of privilege. And, and think, it was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. They dressed it really well when um, Alex and Mel are in the cocktail bar side early on, and they're and Alex is making really judgy comments about the women who are in the stripping side. Yes. And Mel says something about oh, like yes. you don't understand that level of desperation. Yeah. Like you're not at that. She needs the money more than yeah. You do. That's what she and said. Then, yeah. And I think that that was actually a really insightful way of putting it of like i think that people i I don't know it's like it's hard to like put paint everyone with like a really broad brush because i'm sure that people choose to go into stripping or sex work or anything like that for a multitude of reasons um but i think it put a little bit of light on like you can make good money doing this compared Mm -hmm. to and that might be one of your only options to do that or one one of the few that like I think if I did that, I'd be getting paid a hell of a lot more than I'm getting paid for my job. Right, <laughs> like, right. You know, it's like it's it's there can be really good money. Well, in you're it, so all, I can you're totally a good dancer that, too, like, so that's part of it. I am. Yeah. So like, if I can just do a lot of jazz hands, yeah, I think I would do great. Yeah, you'd be good. I think um, this I'm is gonna very do a serious. Fosse strip scene. That'd be good. Get on the Patreon, everybody, Rachel. That's part. Of, if you do the fifty dollars Patreon, I'll get you a gift card to McDonald's, and Rachel will do a Fosse strip. Um, it's very heavy bones what we're doing, what we're dealing with here, and I don't know that yeah. I. You're doing a great job. I feel like I'm just like I don't even know what to say. Um, it's really, it's really hard to talk about, and I like. I want to also note that like I'm saying this as like a middle class white woman. Like I have not been in the same. That Alex, but you're, you can understand the empathy. You're having the empathy for the the plight of what yeah, that could yeah, be, exactly. which I think is where Paige was lacking a little bit. Yes, thinking she could yeah. just come and in I mean, and say, but it's, "Take go ahead." I mean, also, I, like I was saying, like if I was 17 and we're back in the early 2000s, I don't think that I would have had the empathy either, or 18 or 19 or however old they are. I was very confused about what the Cause I know you have to be 19 to drink in Canada, but I was like, how old do you have to be to work at the cocktail bar and strip? Because I'm not sure if they're all 18 well, how or 19 is, or well, what. Alex is probably 18, 19, right? Cause she would have graduated yeah. to Grassy last year. So they're like 18, 19. Yeah. Range. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, uh, uh, so what causes Alex to finally 
leave and say she and quit the whole deal is um some real creep some real alan creep was his name alan yeah which um would have been my name if i had been a boy alan (laughs) by the way alan i would have been no offense to any alans out there alan is a hilarious name it's a hilarious (laughs) name Alan. Alan. No one can be an Alan and not be Alan. If that makes sense. Alan is one of the funniest. I, these are the names that I think are so funny and God bless. I apologize. I'm not saying they're bad. If you're named these names, I think Alan and my other favorite one is Scott. I, I used to have the biggest crush on a guy named Scott Shimkavig, Scott, who lived down my street. Scott Shimkavig. It's such a funny name to me, Scott. And Alan, where's Alan? Alan Alda. I love Alan Alda. Alan Arkin. I would have been an Alan. You would have been doing, this podcast would have been the Degrassi Every Episode Ever Marathon Podcast with Alan and Pat. Mm. Had I been a boy. I would love it. Ethan Allen. Ethan Allen, I do like their furniture. Uh, So Alan. I could have been Alanis if I had been a girl. Oh, okay. So Alan is Alan. is like an what an entrepreneur or something. He's basically trying to get. He's an entrepreneur, a golfer, golfer. divorced, lonely, and old. Yes, and he wants Alex to go to Vegas. Did he say Vegas specific, or did he, he said, just say yeah, go, go to Vegas? Up, yeah. yeah. And she's like, Alan, I'm a lesbian. And he's like, I don't care. I'll pay you whatever you want. And she said, Yeah, and he calls her like a brave, supremely confident woman, mm-hmm. and. I don't know. This is this was also the part like he didn't creep me out that much. But at the same time, there was something about this that felt like super false to me. Like and I don't know if it was that he's just saying that to get in her pants. Like, oh, you're so confident and brave. And she is. But like, it just felt like he didn't he doesn't know her. Like, does no, he actually he know just wanted to take her, her for a week in like, a bone zone? And that's what he was like trying mm-hmm. to get at. Mm-hmm. And that would be gross. And so she left and she said she quit the whole job. It also should be mm-hmm. uh, noted that it, at this point, Paige has now told Alex she wants to go forward with them as a couple. Mm-hmm. Palix is back, baby. Palix is back with a vengeance. And mm-hmm. Paige catches her strip and she's not happy about it, but she forg- I mean, forgives her, I guess. Well, I mean, she does eventually. So like... She comes to see her at the club and Mel's like, you shouldn't be here. And then she comes, she sees Mel, that she's yeah. stripping. She comes off the stage and she's holding something in front of her, which makes me think that you show your boobs. Well, Jay, because as like, Jay, God. so, so, uh, uh, Tata's, he said, yeah, I called I it shake, showing mm-hmm. their naked Tata's the way he said it too. He said it like, uh, <laughs> like fucking lovey from Gilligan's Island. Word, word gets around. Yeah. I love Jay. I, I, I love Jay, man. We, I love Jay yeah, so I much more Jay. now. He just keeps getting better. The evolution of I can never, there's no way I could love this guy. This guy's the worst person on earth. This guy's the worst person too. Oh, he's getting better. Oh, I kind of like him here. Then probably a few more like this guy's the worst person I've ever met in my life to now where I'm just like, this guy is my, I love Tata's. The way he said it was so <laughs> funny. I also like how they kept making it so that Jay hung out with everyone in this group. Jay like hangs this, out these with two episodes. everybody. Everybody hates Jay, Jay but he's Jay. friends with everybody. Jay comes to Paige's housewarming party, but because Alex invited him, <laughs> right. even though like I don't really think that Alex and Jay are that close anymore. They are friends and though. Then, they, they have established that they they have become friends again. Yeah. After the Paige. they have a night at the club, which is you know what something that 
uh, Ellie's been talking about going out to the club to hit on guys. Um, and he's there having nachos with all of them. Yes. They're all having, like, there's multiple plates of nachos. And Jay is just there with Mel talking about Tata. Jay, and then he's also, like, in the Sean, the B story with Sean. Yes, <laughs> yes. all over the place. They're like, we don't want Jay for anything but filler, but we love him and we'll give him good lines. I'm still so proud of the Lobel sleaze prize, but at the same time, he's not by far the not as sleazy as Hot Peter. But it doesn't work. I know Hot Peter is so much sleazy. It just doesn't work. And then Alan is and Vlad are like much sleazier. So I'm Alan. (laughs) Alan Thick. Oh no, Robin Thick is the bad one. Um, Lextasy retires her name, I guess. That she guy just kept calling her Lextasy like that. She's like, is that French? He's like, he's like, look, Lextasy. Stop saying that. You know that's not her fucking name. <laughs> Lextasy is so funny. Um, so Alex comes back to her house and finds and she's like gonna try to sell stuff because she quit the job but then her mom used the money to get fucking chad out of jail this is where this is when degrassi just makes me so happy so yes everything Mm -hmm. you said lexi quits her job and the mom does say we needed that money lexis lexi and she's like if only you knew what i was doing for it mom and then (laughs) in the door comes chad literally holding a six pack of cans of beer cans. And he goes, guess who made bail? (laughs) (laughs) And so Alex is furious and she's like, how did you make bail? And the mom is like, well, you kind of helped. So she was, that's when she was like, do you know what I did to get that money? I did stripping. I did. I showed my, my, my tatas. Tatas. That's what I'm going to call my boobs from here on out. Ta-ta's. Your, your, your Tetons. <laughs> but you got but you got to say it that way. Ta-ta's. Uh, so that was, that was, and so then she leaves and goes to, oh, she goes to the dance where Paige is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Paige is at the dance, this great winter dance, but we'll talk about that more in the B story, I think. Um, um, but I did want to point out that Alex is the only person wearing red at this dance where everyone else is wearing a black dress because Paige had given her this red dress earlier mm. as a gift yeah. for something getting Love. back together. I don't know. Paige did go, why are you wearing a dress? Shouldn't it be on, on the floor at your work? And I was like, oh, fuck you. Yeah, that was real mean and catty. And also she didn't ask Alex about why she was I, doing yes. it. And Alex, I mean, I mean, I don't think that, not that like Alex needs to explain it or anything like that, but at the same time, I don't like Paige doesn't understand like straight and up. That's the, issue. I think an issue I have with it is that, is that exactly that it didn't mm-hmm, culminate mm-hmm. with both Paige and Alex kind of learning a lesson. It culminates with mm-hmm. like Alex taking a step to, divorce herself from something she's uncomfortable with which is good but it doesn't come with the added bonus of Paige understanding why that happened it's still just yeah. like a bad choice that she nope. made in Paige's mind no nope. and that's kind of nope. shitty and I mean I feel I feel like they were trying to address the class differences but then they didn't they didn't really do it either. they didn't land like, the plane they, I, I agree with you you're right no. they did they did a nice job here and there a couple of things were good but to not have Paige have a sort of like come to Jesus moment of like 
you weren't making a bad decision. You were making a, yeah. the only decision you could think to make. And she needs to respect yes. that also. Yes, exactly. So it was exactly. an interesting, uh, it was an interesting a story, but you know, what was a little less interesting than the a story would be the B, B story. Remember don't cry guns and roses. extended that. that one a lot um but i was gonna say the b story actually talks is a lot about class issues too like they really oh God, and yeah. and people not understanding it <laughs> cough emma for someone who's so like fucking liberal you know and so with it she was really having a hard time figuring out why sean needed to join the army mm-hmm. she doesn't understand she like is just very adamant about what she believes she the funny thing about Emma though is like she has had a very it's funny how privilege works because yes she is privileged she's a she has a privileged very nice life and uh but she also it, what's interesting is that she had a teen mother exactly. who like didn't have a lot exactly. so it's not like that's very know, interesting. I, there's there's so many different kinds of privilege that you can have and yeah. understandings that you can have but there's no question that at some points in her life, Spike certainly struggled and mm-hmm. had and had to work extra hard. But Emma never really saw that struggle because Spike, for however she managed to hide it or make it work here and there. And, you know, it does it's very much the fact that they are white and they mm-hmm. have that right at the top. But it's yeah. So, like, it's funny because you would think that we, the Emma character might be someone who wanted for more because of the teen mom and all that. But she mm-hmm. really hasn't. And I think that's an interesting way to mm-hmm. present that character because she was really having some hard time here. Oh, yeah. So essentially what happens is, is that Sean, I guess, is living with them still and they're yeah. having dinner and um like uh, Sean essentially is saying that you know nothing's quite like working out for him like he needs to get more skills but he also needs to get paid and the way that he's going to be able to like have his dream of opening up his own car shop is to join the armed services mm-hmm. and I I see where Emma's coming from because I think the military is kind of fucked like it, there's a lot of issues there and the, the way that the military is treated by the people in power and the way that they send them to places that they should not be or remove them from places that they should not be like, or that they need to stay <laughs> rather like is happening right now. Um, there's a lot of issues there as, as someone like I'm, we're talking, this is like just not that long after the Iraq war started, there was a lot of tension about, the military at that time. And I know that we're talking about Canada versus the U S but I'm sure that there was probably a similar sentiment there because there was Mm -hmm. elsewhere in the world, not just in the U S. Um, I was super anti-military at the time. A very, very good friend of mine was in the military, was in Afghanistan and he has benefited from having had that horrible experience. You know, they're like just what Sean's talking about. Like my good friend had, his college education paid for. He can get VA loans now and like bought a house, like all these things that are not necessarily available to you before doing that. So it's, it's kind of this horrible situation where like, 
I think there's people who don't necessarily want to do it, but it seems like their only choice in the similar way to like what was happening to Alex in the A story. I think I think all of that's true. Yeah, I, I'm not going to get in deep into my thoughts on the military because we could be here for days. So yeah. that's a that's another I, yeah. that's another conversation. I know, and I have, I even feel like mine is just like dusting the surface. Of, totally, is dusting yeah. the surface even a phrase? Dusting, but that's like yeah, what I feel dust like. The just surface. dusting. Like it's like when you when you bake a cake and then you put some powdered sugar in a little like. Um, uh, a, a sieve, yeah. a sieve, and then you like tap it lightly yeah, over it, it, and then I dusted the surface. Yeah, yeah that's exactly what I feel like. We have not even scratched the surface. Is what the actual phrase yeah. is of um of the military and how it affects a lot of communities. Um, the communities that it tends to. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Sean's going to join the military, <laughs> mm-hmm. and Emma is fucking pissed about it. And then, like, she thinks she's pregnant. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Emma's pregnant? I was so sure. Yeah, and because I did, as as we touched on briefly before, I was like, I don't remember Emma being pregnant ever in the show. Like, what? When did this happen? I, I remember Sean joining the military, but I do not remember Emma being pregnant. How does this resolve? Does he Is he like, I'm leaving? I don't remember. So... They have a big fight about this. And then Emma thinks that she's pregnant because she's acting so irrationally. Um, And so then she tells Sean and then takes a pregnancy test and it's negative. She's like, but it could be a false negative because it doesn't explain why I haven't gotten my period and why I'm acting like this. And it's not, it's not anorexia. It's like, it's literally. Sean was like, you're anorexic again. He's like, no, I'm not. Yeah. 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 Um, Um, I want to just touch briefly before we get too much further into this, that during this whole beginning when Emma is going, jumping through all these very, very far hoops about both Sean being in the military and being part of the war machine and also her being pregnant, (laughs) she's wearing this, this very weird purple dress that's like kind of shiny and it's got like dots on it of like different type of fabric on the um, dress over a long sleeve black shirt. But also in this episode, Paige is wearing a long sleeve shirt with like a, a short sleeved striped top over it. And then Alex, when she's testing out stripping, she's wearing mm-hmm. like a button down over a long sleeve shirt and these weird arm wrap things. And I was like, there was so much weird layering of clothing going on in this episode. That outfit that Alex was wearing was very strange for the, for the I could not, I thought part. it was, I thought it was a long sleeve shirt with thumb holes, but then she took the arm she parts off the and I was like, Oh, like, never mind. They were like gloves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, never mind. That's not it at all. It was very strange. Um, but I loved layering was very big in the two thousands. And I just wanted to take note of all of the layering that seemed, I was like, Oh, it must be winter in Canada. Cause everyone's layering extremely. It was winter. So mm-hmm. she's not pregnant. She took another test and she she got her period before she could even take the test. Before before she takes the second test, she ends up telling like everyone that she thinks that she's pregnant. Like mm-hmm. Manny's like going off on this whole thing about Mr. Armstrong and a test on functions, and then she goes, Manny speaking was of so functions. Speaking, I wrote I literally wrote down <laughs> speaking of functions. functions. Speaking I did too. of functions. <laughs> Manny was so fucking funny. I gotta tell you, Cassie Steele is so funny. She's so mm-hmm. good at doing comedy. So funny. And like, so 
So she's like, speaking of functions, you know, when we lived together, we were totally <laughs> synced and we're not right now because I asked you for a tampon the other day and you had plenty. <laughs> I was just like, that is so funny. I, her delivery, her, every, she is so funny. And I'm just like, why did she not have like a huge career as a comedian? She's so, and like I when know. she's like hanging on her and she's like, Emma and like falling. And it's like every, mm-hmm. every bit of her is so, mm-hmm. she's whenever she is on screen, even if it's just, for a moment. And there's a lot of people in this episode that just get a moment. She is Mm -hmm. the person you are watching, no matter what you are drawn Mm -hmm. to her, just her charisma. And then she's just really funny. I mean, really, really funny. Yeah. She does a great job. It's so, So, yeah, go ahead. So, but she doesn't tell Emma doesn't tell Manny. And then later spike that she already took a pregnancy test that came up negative. So like she just tells them that she thinks that she's pregnant and they're freaking out. And the three of them are in the basement apartment that she lives in. And she's like going to take another test. Her mom's like, okay, if we take another test, like if it's positive, we'll go to the doctors. And Mm -hmm. she's like, I don't know. These things are only 99% accurate. It's almost like she kind of wants to be pregnant a little bit. Is that what you were getting? Yeah. Because she doesn't Maybe. want Sean to leave. But then Sean's like, I'm leaving anyway. You should have the baby. I will take care of you. I'll be back. We'll, we're going to stay together. Mm-hmm. But she's like not having it. It's a very, well, so in the beginning of this episode, and we didn't really touch on that too much, was that Emma is like leaping ahead to like, I want to move in with my boyfriend yeah. and I'm going to have all these things. And uh, Manny is saying to her, you know, the white picket fences can come later. Yeah. You don't like you're 17. Manny, you don't need Manny. to worry about these things yet. You don't. Manny's the best. Manny. Manny's the fucking best. Um, but also she's so right. Like you're fucking 17 as someone who is twice that age. I'm like, you don't need to do that yet. <laughs> Just go yeah. live your life a little bit first. Um, yeah, oh. it's interesting. I also wanted to point out there's a moment when, when he first tells everybody that he's thinking about, he's going to join the army. He's already like done it. He's, he's going. Yeah. Yeah. And snake is super into it, which I was kind of surprised. I thought snake would be more like, Hey, yeah. Snake was like, you've got the skills. I think you'd be a perfect fit. Yeah. And then, and I think, I don't think he's wrong. I think that Sean would actually do great in the military from what we know of his character. Yeah. Although he, although Emmett does point out that like, you have to be like, it's all about authority. And like, he's not great with authority as we know. Yeah, that's true. Um, so there's a moment where I guess he has been calling Emma and she's not answering. So he turns up at Degrassi and mm-hmm. she says to him, you, you can't be here. Miss Hatsalakis will freak out. He's like, well, what are you going to do? Give me detention. So I guess Sean is not allowed yeah. in Degrassi. <laughs> However, at the end of the episode, they were at the dance together. That was a Degrassi dance. And he was and there's perfectly no allowed to be there. What? That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Linda Shiler, Stephen Stone, Sud Sutherland, (laughs) Shelley Scarrow, et al. All the people. Mm -hmm. Continuity is not good on this. No, it's really not. It's funny that they bring that up in the first place. Like, why even bring that up? Why is he not just say, Why are you here? Because he got expelled for the manslaughtering? He didn't even manslaughter. Yeah. It was almost manslaughter. It was almost manslaughter. Almost manslaughter. We're coming out of heaven. 
You were waiting for that to get set up. That was you? the joke from the episode last week. That was that Rachel said she said almost pants letter, and I was upset listening back that I didn't get the opportunity to go almost pants letter. So, we were saying the one disappointment about Zoom is that it's so fast and there's a delay yeah. in our video connection, regardless of how good your internet is. So it's impossible to get all the jokes like it is in person. So you don't have to go to Patreon for that joke I gave it to you. No, no. It was all mo- <laughs> I set it up beautifully. It was as seamless as you could mm-hmm. imagine. A pizza man. Mwah. Yeah. Well, so before we get into Emma realizing that she's not pregnant as well, we have... A, a baby Jack moment. Dude, baby this, Jack is back. Dude, we got to talk about baby Jack. He's a Jack. toddler. We got to talk about baby okay. Jack. Oh, my Okay. Goodness. What do you want to say about baby Jack? I mean, baby Jack looks like an adult man in a small body. <laughs> he was so strange. He is. He is like the scrappy do of the show. Dude, I could not believe. I was like, who the fuck is that man? And then it was baby Jack. Who is this adult it's he's snake's child he's snake's child he kind of looks like fucking snake and i was like is he, he looks really like snake. snake's yeah. son his face he had like the haircut of a grown-up everything about him was just like an adult <laughs> man in a small body it's very funny yeah so then he's like i'm still going no matter what even if you're pregnant so then then they go to the dance right do they go to the dance together? Well, no, no, no. Before they go to the dance, the Sean is also at the discotheque and eating nachos with Jay, remember? Oh, right. Yes. And Jay was like, this is great, man. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's like, then you're, he's like, she will not realize that <laughs> she's too good for you because now you're locked in. Like, mm. this is a great thing. Jay's the best. Jay's the best. <laughs> And he's and Sean is just like, what are you talking about? Are you drinking brake fluid? <laughs> Sean. Sean's he's like, you have a ready-made family. You're set for life. That's exactly what Emma was talking about, though, in the beginning was like having that kind of security, having that kind of security. Like you have this built-in family already. It's like, okay, that's got to happen. Well, mm-hmm. then I got this person and then I'm set for life. And there's like some security there by not like having to go out and like date other people or find someone else who might be a better fit when you're not 17. Yeah. Yeah. And considering the fact of how Emma reacted to the whole army thing, you can tell that they're not necessarily a good fit. The one thing I will say in Emma's defense is Mm -hmm. it was, she, she was, I think she's not super into the army just in general, but I think a big part of it was like, you did make this huge decision without even like, saying anything to me and not that like I have to give the okay, but at least let me be a part of the decision making. Cause she did feel like they were in this committed relationship. So I kind of do from that perspective, I understand her, why she was upset. And the people I do know who are in the military or their spouses are in the military can still not just like doing it for a little while and then, uh, getting whatever benefits that come out of it and then doing another job. Um, you can be deployed for a really long time. Unexpected things sure. happen. And suddenly like the, like the other, the partner who is still at home is taking care of the children for like over a year out of the blue yeah. and all these horrible, right. horrible things that like, don't, you don't know what's going to happen with that. So yeah, it is, especially when Emma thinks that she's pregnant, it is a big fear. Yeah. And she was like, you're going to l- let me be a single mom, like by myself at home, a teen, a teen mom. Mm-hmm. Eh. Eh. 
Um, There's some good so stories at, in this episode too. I gotta yeah, say. big, big. It's a couple of good stories. Sorry, Mia. What's her name? Not Mel. Mia. What's her name? Mel. Mel had a big sorry. Mel couldn't couldn't take uh, Alex stripping seriously because she was mm-hmm. only on three hours of sleep. I'm sorry. So she was chuckling. I'm sorry. Yeah. So I guess there's a big winter dance and Manny is helping to set up for it. And it's snowing outside constantly in this episode. So it's snowing inside for this winter dance where Toby, Toby, Toobs, Toobs yeah, is going to be the king and Darcy is the queen. He becomes, he becomes the homecoming king. I think it was a, because they felt bad for him about JT being yeah. dead. And she, he makes a whole comment to Liberty about him being the king too. A hilarious thing was he says, do you think JT would like my crown? Mm -hmm. And that is the only thing that we say about JT, James Tiberius York, who is dead. One of the original core characters of this show is dead. And all we do in passing as the camera is pulling away, it's not even like focused on Toby as he says it. It's like a crane shot pulling away from him. He's like, do you think JT would like my crown? (laughs) And at that moment, I realized I was like, oh, I fucking forgot about JT. Mm -hmm. They have effectively like made me forget about JT. One of the biggest things that happens in this show is JT's death and I've already forgotten it. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this dance is great. Everyone's wearing black. Toby and Darcy are the king and queen. Danny and Derek do some very funny dance thing where they try to get Mia and mm-hmm. some other girl that I didn't recognize to dance with them. I didn't even see it. I was not yeah. looking at the TV. At the okay. Point. So Danny, <laughs> Danny and Derek, I wasn't looking well enough to, to, I was like, I don't know if it, the other person was someone I recognized. So if I missed who that was, I'm sorry. I saw that one was Mia. Um, so they both come around Mia and this other girl and they like put their arms around them and then they both run away. And so then Danny and Derek literally dance together. Yeah, they do a little dance. I saw them do the cute little dance thing together. Mm-hmm. I liked that. Um, somebody says, if I let you go, it would be the biggest screw up of my life. I wrote that down. Who says that to who? That is the big question. I wrote it in my notes. I'm assuming it's Paige says it to Alex. Or Emma says it to Sean. <laughs> no, it's definitely not Emma and Sean. It's either Paige to Alex or Alex to Paige. It's one of those. Yeah. Two. I didn't write it down, so I don't know. Because Sean and Emma effectively break up, right? At this dance. Did they? I thought they did it. <laughs> oh, I thought they did. I thought she was like, we're not, we don't know where we're going to be. I'm going to university. You're going off to the army. So the reason why, (laughs) so we're both confused about what happened with Emma and Sean because there is no answer. There is they they kind of just leave it at like let's not make any plans. Like he's going to go to basic training, she's going to go. I'm going to marry Spinner. We don't know what's going to happen. AKA she's going to marry Spinner. Um, Yeah. And the person who says the th- it would be the biggest screw of my life is Alex to Page. Mm-hmm. I am very, mm-hmm. very excited to have Palix back. I love Palix. They you love Palix. Basically my favorite couple. So give it to me. Give it. Give it to me. Good. I love it. I'm so into it. Happy to see them together. Ending season six on a happy note. Sean is leaving yet again. Can't wait for him <laughs> to return yet again. Guy's always coming and going. At least he didn't get stabbed. I would have maybe preferred it to be honest, but. 
I never cottoned to Sean. I never did. I thought it was a thought. You, ta- you started to. You started to at the beginning of this season. He came back looking pretty hot, I will say. But other than that, I never really... Mm-hmm. I never really warmed. I gotta say, I I liked Sean a lot, but this season his character I find very boring. I would agree. Now, where the fuck was Ashley for this season? She came back and she's here. She was dancing with Jimmy in the at the dance. That was uh, Jimmy Bonbon. Jimmy Bonbons. <laughs> But yeah, she was really not in the season, so I think she's just going to leave again. <clears throat> so, Rach, this mm-hmm. was a heavy bones. You said to me it was going to be heavy bones, and I was like, I didn't think it was heavy bones. And then we got into it, and it was heavy bones. Yeah, I was like, I'm not looking forward to talking about this episode because I feel like it's actually not a fun 100th episode. It would have been nice if it was like It really wasn't fun one, at all. This it was, was not lighthearted. It was fun because we got Palix back, but other than that, you know. Mm-hmm. But for a hundred a hundred times, this will be the hundredth time, Rachel. You and I, we watch these episodes and we like to rate them on a scale of one to ten. And by the one to ten is a go there scale. How much does each episode go there? Now we've done it ninety-nine times. Well, we haven't really done it ninety-nine times because this is actually <laughs> only the ninety-fifth. So this so we've, this will be the ninety-fifth time. Uh we will rate mm-hmm. the episodes. It's a patented scale. We got a TM, a trademark, patented it up, Mm -hmm. uh, 1 to 10. Nobody else can rate anything on a 1 to 10 without paying us. It's only Uh, us. It's only us. They have to pay us royalties. So if you ever see anybody rating anything on a 1 to 10 scale, pitchforks paying us. Uh, Everybody's paying us. It's a patented go-there scale. We don't do the thumbs up, so that that is a Siskel and Ebert patented. Siskel and Ebert are still keeping that. Mm-hmm. They're getting all that that money. I mean, they're both dead, but so they're not getting much of anything anymore. They're not getting their families getting that money, yes. but it's different. Chaz Ebert, the great, the wonderful mm-hmm. Chaz Ebert, who actually is quite wonderful. I love Chaz Ebert. Uh, Gene Siskel's wife's probably lovely too. I don't. I'm just not as familiar with who uh, who she is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Rachel, yes. on a scale of one to ten, the patented go there scale. How much do you think episodes six eighteen and six nineteen? Don't you want me? Parts one and two go there. <sighs> it's a hard. It's a hard call on this one um, because it didn't. It didn't. Go-there-y episode. What? I think this is a pretty go there. It is episode. a it is a pretty go there episode, but it's go there with like low stakes, if that makes sense. Like it's Are they low stakes I though? One guy's gonna go to the army and and yeah, this whole maybe Deanna Castellucci thing? Yeah, I mean maybe it's because it's not so like dramatic. Dramatic. Yeah, I think that's really what the difference is, is that it feels low stakes because it's not so dramatic. But it was actually a pretty go there episode. I gave it a seven. Mm-hmm. It yeah. could maybe be an eight. It's definitely not a six, but I was like, you know, I think because it, there's not so much drama in it, that's why I went with a seven. Yeah, I think there's not like a. It's. It goes there in a way that life goes there for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, I think when we get hit with like the abortion episode or the sh- shooting or the murder. That doesn't Those happen are things it, that, for everyone. Right. That's not like a con- necessarily a common occurrence. These are things that do happen to people all the time. But I think they're... So maybe like going there isn't quite the right term for it. But is it 
it's a heavy episode. It's doing a lot of things. It's, it's bringing up a lot of questions. It's answering some of them and maybe some of them it's not nailing out of the park, mm-hmm. but nailing out of the park is what that phrase is. You dust <laughs> off. What you, did you say? <laughs> dust, dust, uh, dust off the ridges or whatever. Dust, you dust and the I'm, surface and you nail it yeah. out of the park. <laughs> you nail it out of the park. Mixing our metaphor for us here is what we are. The Degrassi I've been watching episode, too much Great Park. British Bake Off and we, there's been no baseball this year. So like, I mean, yeah, let's be honest, yeah. that wasn't baseball. So. <laughs> well, the Dodgers fans will beg to differ with you. They've been waiting a very long time for that. Um, so I think it goes there. I think it's, I like when it tells these sort of like universal stories and I like these episodes. They're not, Mm -hmm. like you said, they weren't particularly just a, a, a real blast to talk about, nor are they even necessarily a blast to watch sometimes, but they are, they're important. I think this is an important episode. I think that whole, the stuff with, and, and you also get like goofy Chad, which is fun. Uh, I'm right with you with a seven. I usually go one above, one below you, but I'm sticking with exactly where you are. I had it right there too. I think it's a seven. I think it's a good episodes to talk about. I think we, uh, we did it. And uh, mm-hmm. that's about the size of it. Yeah. And I also think that they were um, very, this was an apt naming for an episode also with don't you want me? Because yeah. both the A and the B story kind of revolved around that topic sure and also she was working as a waitress at a cocktail bar <laughs> she fucking was that 100 percent. she it's was right, that right. much is true that much is true it's true <laughs> alex was working as a waitress i shouldn't say she that's like oh man so pat I'm a little sad before we even get into the MVDs that because mm-hmm. we'll go on. We'll take a little siesta next week because it's a, mm-hmm. a, a, and then we'll come back the following week. But like it's Christmas season. I wanted like a f- and this was almost kind of a Christmas episode. I'm a yeah. little bummed. It was wintry, it which like I did a, appreciate. So, yeah, but I'm bummed it wasn't a little more. Like, oh, 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 oh. Merry Christmas, broomheads. Here's a fun two parter. You know, we didn't even really get to sing any by the time we're done with Christmas. I know. I know. It's going to it's crazy. We're done with it. Christmas, the snow's coming down. I haven't heard that song oh, yet. Oh, you got to seek this it out. This is the first time. This is the first time. You got to put it on the old earbuds. Pop it on. Yeah, I've been, I've been listening to a lot of Christmas music. That one hasn't come up yet, though. What's your favorite Christmas song? Did we talk about you this? You know what it is. You know what it is. It's Paul McCartney's. Last Christmas. Oh, right. Paul. Simply, Simply having a Yeah. Mm-hmm. I watched um, the first uh, half, maybe a little more than a half of the movie Last Christmas. Yes. Which came the- out last year. It stars uh, Amelia Clark. And Henry something or other from director Paul Feig, mm-hmm. which would make you thought Paul Feig's doing a Christmas movie. This is going to be a hilarious, fun movie. Now I yep. have not finished the movie and the reveal that I suspect is coming has not yet been revealed to me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell what I think the reveal is because again, I haven't finished the movie and I don't know if I want to spoil it. I guess I technically can't be spoiling it because I don't know if it's the reveal. Mm-hmm. Hmm. <laughs> what do you think? 
I mean, I haven't seen it, but I don't know if I'm going to see it now because you don't you're not really selling it for me. So the movie is called Last Christmas and it straight up says that it Does is someone died. Well, what I think is the spoiler possible spoiler alert. So last it says in the credits at the beginning, like inspired by the song Last Christmas by George Michael. Now, also, George Michael is all over this movie. She's got posters of him in her, in her on her wall. This movie is fucking horrible, by the way. So okay, if so you don't watch it. it and I love Paul Feig. I feel bad. I love uh, a simple, uh, fa- a simple plan. That's like what uh, a simple something or other is great. The Heat is great. Spy is great. Bridesmaids is great. I love Paul Feig. This movie is a snooze. So, what I believe is going to happen in this movie now, Abelia Clark is a woman who has had a heart transplant. Mm-hmm. She's down on her luck. She's working in a Christmas store. She has problems with her family, even though her family are perfectly nice to her. And it's bizarre that she's fighting with her mother and father all the time. They're very nice to her. Um, She meets Henry Golding, I think is his name. He's also in a simple favor, I think it's called. He's great. And they meet each other and they start sparking up a friendship and blah, 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 blah. They start to fall for one another. What I think is going to happen, I think at the end of this movie, we are going to find out that Henry Golding, which I think that's his name, it might not be, I think we are going to find out that he is the ghost of, of the, heart the person whose mm-hmm. heart she now has in her body, yeah. which is fucking crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. I I'm just going to throw it out there right now that I don't want to see that movie. That's, <laughs> that's just crazy too ending sad. Too sad. A, and this movie is not funny at all. There's a, I think it's a comedy, but there's nothing funny in it. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, I'm I, crying at commercials right now. I do not need to see something that touching. That is way too touching. The last thing I saw though, the last scene I watched was she was like in his house and they were like cut. I think they kissed. So then I was like, mm. maybe he's not the go. Then I was like, well, maybe he's the brother of the person who died and, or I uh, gave, is uh, the heart to her because mm-hmm. there's a great romantic comedy with Minnie driver and David Duchovny where Minnie driver gets a heart uh-huh. and she falls in love with David Duchovny and they don't know. And they find out that David Duchovny's wife is the heart that she now has, but that is a good gotcha. movie. That's a very yeah, yeah. New York movie. It's very quick. I can't remember the name of it. Anyway, I don't know how I got onto this tangent. <laughs> We were we were rating the episode. <laughs> well, I wanted to like get Christmas in because I feel like we're gonna by the yeah. time this is like our only Christmas episode because we're gonna take next week off and then the week after I know, by that. By the time by the time we get to a new episode um, of Degrassi, it's gonna be season seven and it's gonna mm-hmm. be January. So I wanted to get Christmas in Broomheads. If you listened to that and you've seen Last Christmas, was I right? Because I don't think I'm gonna finish the movie. <laughs> I'm sure I can just look it up on the internet, but mm-hmm. at some at one point I was like, I think this fucking guy's a ghost because she he's goes to like see him, and he's not at his like job or his where he volunteers, and nobody mm-hmm. kind of knows who he is. So I was like, this fucking guy's a ghost. Oh, because he's dead. He's definitely dead. He's got to be a ghost, right? But I also love the idea. It's like loosely based on the George Michael song, but that the George Michael song, it's last. I Christmas thought it was I gonna gave. have to do with like. George Michael's death, like it was the last Christmas of George Michael. <laughs> that would be good. I would like that. Mm-hmm. He died right around Christmas. Oh, did he? Yeah, I remember it being a thing. 
Anyway, my favorite Pat. Christmas song is "Have Yourself a Merry." I like that because it's a melancholy. Is there a particular? Song. Is there a particular yes, version uh, of that song? Of course, Judy Garland. Judy, uh, Judy, 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 Judy Garland. No Mm-hmm. There is no other version of that song, and I may have said this before, but you can take uh, uh, you, you got to do the, the we'll have to muddle through somehow version. Don't mm-hmm. give me that fucking saccharine from now on our troubles will be far miles away. Is that the mm-hmm. what they replace it with? Yeah. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. We got to muddle through honestly, somehow. It's dour. We got to muddle this through. Is, this is a year we got to muddle through. Mm-hmm. Is that what replaces muddle through? Oh, meet me in St. Louis. St. Louis? Mm-hmm. No, it was St. Louis, but everyone says St. Louis. I love that movie. Meet me in St. I'm Louis. I'm like, do does do only people from St. Louis call it St. Louis? I'm very confused about uh, who San actually Louis. refers to it as such. San Louis. Um, I was thinking about asking you about baby. It's cold outside, but I don't think we have time to go. Down there. Either. <laughs> no, let's do that. Let's get in on that. What do you what, what, what do you want to ask so, me about it? What do I think about it? Just think how you feel about it, yeah. Yeah. Um I think sometimes things aren't really as sick as things we want to make them out to be. I mean Yeah. I think I think that it's open to interpretation. Sure. Is what I'll say. It could be, it could be really horrible or it could be not as horrible as you think it is. It like, feels, I mean, I think when, <laughs> if it was like that song was written today, it would be like, yeah. Oh God. But it was like by Robin Thicke. Yeah. Yeah, sure. exactly. It was like, uh, I think it's a playful song mm-hmm. for like swinging 19 blah, blah, blahs. Like, Hey, mm-hmm. what are we doing? And also, so, I mean like this, the sexual norms of that time were very different to what they mm-hmm. are now. So when that song was written, we're talking about a complete different context too of, of, uh, yeah. what was okay or not to say. And what and was th- even happening, you know? Like, yes. Yes. So I don't know. It doesn't really bother me, but if it bothers you, what am I going to, that's fine. You, mm-hmm. you're allowed that you're allowed. I don't mm-hmm. really love it one way. It's not like I'm a, I love it so much that I, I heard it the other day and that's why I brought it up. Cause I was just thinking about it. Like, Oh, how do I feel about this song now? Yeah. I think my opinion of it really doesn't matter that much because it's not, mm-hmm. but I, I, I just kind of think it's a silly little lark mm-hmm. that people are. Yeah. It's, I, I mean, I, it, yeah. Taken lyrically, taken it is a little gross. Like I mean, it definitely does border on pretty gross. Like, mm-hmm. what's in that drink? Like, <laughs> it is yeah. a little bit. Like, yeah. yeah, there is a few things about there that you're like, hmm, that's not good. <laughs> so, Pat, I'm glad we talked a little bit about Christmas because I love Christmas. You love Christmas very much. I know, I know. I love Christmas I had- too. It's one of my favorite holidays, according to ten uh, year old Rachel. It was my favorite holiday. I hesitated to say you loved it because I wasn't sure how, if you were if you mm-hmm. loved it. or Oh, you I love Christmas. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of people who I think it's a t- it can be a very tough time for a lot of people. Um, and I I res- I I understand as well. Like I have my own troubles with Christmas. Like that's um, yeah. You don't like uh, the commercialization of Christmas, and you don't like <laughs> buying your sister presents. Cass, did you hear me? <laughs> I'm telling you right now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> That's why I don't like Christmas. No. Um, I've had some like shitty things happen around Christmas. So I have some bad memories associated with it, but I still really enjoy the holiday. Um, yeah. I also hate the commercialization of it. So you hate buying right you're, always, about you're always complaining about buying your sister presents. You're always like, I buy my fucking sister a present. Yeah. So many presents to buy. Maybe just to have a drink more. <laughs> I'll take you up on that. Um, so my pal. Yes, Rach. For our hundredth episode. Yeah. Almost all of these episodes, because some of them were like, you know, special episodes. Um, we have chosen someone to be highlighted, spotlighted, recognized. You know, we pick someone out of the crowd of all the characters and, you know, the riffraff. And we mm-hmm. say that person, they stood out for some reason. Um, and we crown that person with the title of most valuable Degrassian for that episode. So for our hundredth episode, but episode six eighteen and six nineteen of Degrassi, the Next Generation, who was your most valuable Degrassian? Well, I'm going to tell you who my most valuable Degrassian is. But mm-hmm. before I tell you that, before I get into to my most valuable Degrassian, it was I do want to say it was pointed out to us by on our Facebook mm-hmm. page, the Degrassi every episode mm-hmm. ever marathon podcast for the Dope Monkeys and the Romance or something like that, which is mm-hmm. a great group. I love it. Mm-hmm. I go on there all the time. I love I love interacting mm-hmm. with the fans. I don't like to say fans. They're not yeah. fans. They're they're people who are exactly like us who just they're just good people. Uh, fans feels crazy. The broomheads and the dope monkeys. And one of the great broomheads and dope monkeys, Tabitha, pointed out that last week's episode, episode 617, Sunglasses at Night. Sunglasses at Night. Was in fact the final appearance of the great Mr. Del Rossi, one of the great characters in the history of both the Degrassi show and of course the Degrassi every episode of marathon podcast, he has come on here and he's made us laugh. He's made us uh, cringe. Probably he's made us all go. Could you Mm -hmm. land the plane, dude? What do you, what are you still saying? The same three things over and over again. Why do you come in here and say the same fucking three (laughs) things over and over again? So I think we have to say we have to raise a glass to the great Mr. Del Rossi and say thank you for the memories. And the Maracoy, you're going to have a sex in the room. You're going to put a sucker on the door, but you're going to have a sex with a dealing in the room with a cannelloni. We love Mr. Del Rossi. It doesn't mean the character of Mr. Del Rossi is gone, because anytime Marco is in an episode, I will go, oh, Marco, because I can't not. It's like, yeah. Uh, it's just like, he he has become a part of this podcast in a way that like no one else has. Yeah, Matteo was like a big one for, mm-hmm. but uh, I think Mr. Del Rossi has eclipsed even Matteo as a as my favorite character to do because I say mm-hmm. the same three things over and over again. Uh, Marco, are you having a sex with the Dylan in the room? Marco, you mm-hmm. got to put a sock on the door to have a sex with the Dylan in the room, and basically. Some other version of saying Marco have sex still in the room. So thank you, Tabitha, for pointing that out to us. <laughs> it's a bummer. I'm sad that we won't see Mr. ever again. But he burrowed into my heart that little mustache really. It's not a little mustache either. It's a very it's large not. mustache. Uncle Lou, you want to get the you want to get an Italian ice? <laughs> 
<laughs> so it was a sad day. Sad yeah. day to find that out, but here we are. So I just wanted to say that before we got into this. Uh, but my most valuable Degrassian of this week mm-hmm. is um, somebody I have not thought of yet. So uh, <laughs> I guess I guess Alex, right? Who do you think? Who do you think? Who would I you liked, marry? I uh, liked Marissa. What's her name? Mel. Miriam? Mel. <laughs> it's Mel. It's not another Mel. M name. It is Mel. They said it multiple times, unlike I Alex's know. mom who works at the cookie factory. <laughs> I also could. My MVT could be Chad for guess who got out of bail with the six pack. <laughs> Chad, Chad looks Chad like someone who was briefly a bassist for Limp Bizkit. Oh, like, that's a good call, totally. Yeah, he has that head. Like he's that got that head. head. It's like, it, yes, it looks like a rock head. He <laughs> looks like his head is a rock. Like He does. It looks I'm like gonna... he, he had like a little bit of a gap tooth too, right? Mm-hmm. And a little bit of a V-shaped chin. Yes, he does. I got to say, mm-hmm. a thing about Degrassi that they do interestingly is when the moms on this show are like haggard, like the way that they made Ellie's mom be at points, they really make these poor, these poor, probably beautiful women who they just like, Super just, yeah. just, it's as if they just like take dust and throw it at them. <laughs> and then they just have to like sit there. These poor women, I feel bad for them, but they commit. I know. Uh, I'm going to go, I am going to stick with Alex. I do think that's the right answer. I was mm-hmm. thinking about, uh, Mel, because mm-hmm. I liked Mel, but she didn't have like a big a lot to do. She was pretty fun though. Um, I mine were the same. I honestly was like, oh, I kind of like Mel. Like she she could be it, but then I was like, no, it's got to be Alex. Alex is definitely yeah. the MVP in this episode. It's about her, but I, yeah. the thing that I really liked about Mel was that Mel was the one who was kind of the um the little like guardian angel, guardian angel for mm-hmm. Alex. I would say in this whole situation, she's like, oh, hey come get a job here. Mm-hmm. I'll help you out. I'll tell you all the, the ins and outs of it. And then, you know, she's the one who's kind of explaining to her about like the women who strip at the club and like what their life situation might be. She's honestly probably who should get the MVD. Cause she's yeah, the one she who's does like, have that one line. That <laughs> now you that pointed I'm like out, talking that, about yeah. it more, I'm like, maybe I should give it to Mel after all of this. Um, I feel like Mel is the one who has the most, well, well, um, rounded view of the situation at Zanzibar. Totally. She is the one that has that line that she says, the one that you pointed out where she was Mm -hmm. like, the only difference between us and them is that they're just a little bit more. They needed a little bit more. She needs the money more. Yeah. I'm Mm -hmm. still going to stick with Alex. I didn't love the whole sort of like the way Alex was. I think, um, at the beginning of the episode, sort of like adding to the, I don't know what to call it. Like uh shaming, I guess of, of, yes, the, of yeah. the sex workers. I don't know if that's sex work. That's not sex work. Is it? No, I mean, stripping is, I mean, it's uh, I guess it's a fringe of sex work, but. So I didn't love that, but I also felt it was honest. Like I do think mm-hmm. she would have this air of superiority. And then as it like yeah. devolves into like, so I, I don't know. I do like Alex quite a bit. I've liked her. Yeah. Now that I, now that we're talking about it more, I'm like, I think I'm going to go with Mel actually. I think yeah, that no, Mel that's was great. Like the MVD in this episode. So I'm going to stick with Alex. Do you remember when Alex was very um, instrumental in 
uh, Rick being tarred and feathered and then uh, shooting him. We completely forgot about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because everybody else seems to have forgotten that. But I do love Alex. Yeah, everyone else seems to have forgotten that. Alex is one of my favorite characters. So anytime. I also got to give a shout out to Manny, who doesn't do much. But goddamn, it's more Cassie Steele, who is yeah she's just very funny and they give her good lines too because they know she can fucking do it that's why she can do it like functions like who takes the word functions and i don't even know what that is bodily functions yeah Yeah, it's a math thing but and takes functions and makes it something that like she also she also mentions coach anderson armstrong who we have not seen for like seasons we haven't seen him for years i don't is he still even teach there i suppose so but it's just her like taking this one word and like making it something you walk away from the episode remembering. Like that is, yeah, yeah, I don't exactly. remember anything on these. I like two hours later, we can't even remember who said the line to who the most important line in the fucking episode. But I remember functions. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. Don't forget. Don't me. forget. Anyway, broomheads, hundred of these fucking things. God bless you all. Can you believe it? Yeah, I can't believe it, but it's great. It feels good. I'm so happy. I love the broomheads. I love Mm -hmm. the community. I love the Facebook group. I love the Patreons. All the patrons are great. I love the hangouts Mm -hmm. when we do the hangouts, fireside Mm -hmm. chats. Ah, what a community. I love it. (laughs) Happy holidays. We are, we are the FDR of our times. (laughs) We do take next week off. We, we take the week in between seasons off. Yes. So we'll be off next week. And then we're going to come back the following week, which will be Christmas. So the episode will drop on Christmas Day, right? Mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. or is it Christmas We have a special Eve? Christmas present for you. Yeah. We have a special Christmas for you. We're not going to do season seven, episode one. We're going to watch the Hallmark original movie, Christmas Incorporated, from 2015, starring the great uh, Sinead Grimes Beach. As we all know, she's not acting anymore because... Uh, she didn't love doing it. She thinks she might. She hated it. I put my email into that thing so I could hear her talk about it for 25 minutes. And so yeah. we're going to do that for Christmas week. What else? Is that it? This is the fucking Christmas episode. That's it. That's it. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Keep bringing happy, happy holidays. You can tell Rachel's a little buzz because she would never <laughs> sing if she wasn't, didn't have a little buzz on. So you got that for Christmas. You got a special treat. Merry Christmas, broomheads. And happy You got to see Rachel looks great today. Rachel looks great. She's got this cozy sweater on. It's you can't see cozy. it because she's got a cozy sweater. She's got glasses on. She looks like a like the, the smartest librarian in the school. <laughs> That's the look I'm going for, smartest librarian. Mm. <laughs> I'm only wearing glasses because all the boys love all the boys love the sassy librarian. I'm only wearing the glasses because the I couldn't see the TV where I when I was watching Degrassi. Yeah, yeah. So that's it. Broomheads, we will be back in two weeks with a special episode. But in the meantime, you can send us an email at everyepisodever at gmail.com. If you have any feelings about this episode you want to discuss, um, feel free to do that by email. Or, you know, also you can find us on Instagram at sparklespaz28. You can find us on Facebook at Deem Podcast. And the Facebook group is the Degrassi Every Episode Ever Marathon Podcast, Broomheads and Dope Monkeys. 
But and don't forget to tell us your favorite moments. Tell us your favorite moments of the podcast. Yes. Because we want to love them and read yes, them. Yes, and don't please send them. that in all of those, any of those forms. You don't have to send it more than once. You can just pick and choose which way you want to contact us. Um, and you can also find us on patreon.com slash deep. And speaking of, we have a new patron this week, and it is Jill. Oh, Jill, just when I thought I was out, you bring me back. Mr. Del Rossi, I talk about how I was a dad and I was not going to be on the show anymore because I am no longer a cast member. Here I am, Jill, to welcome you to the Patreon. You got to come into the room. It is a big, a beautiful room. You're going to put a sock on the door. And don't worry, that doesn't mean anything bad. It just means we're going to have a party in the room. And we're going to have a fireside to chat. I'm back, baby. I also like how you described him as dead. And I was like, did he die as the actor who did played Marco's dead? dead? What did I say? Dead. This is all improv. Him. Did I say he was dead? You said something about him coming back from the dead. Oh, I said, because I yeah. said he was, yeah, no, he's not dead. Also, just a quick thing. We didn't really talk about the whole Ellie, Jesse, Paige love triangle that like got brought uh, up a couple times cares? in this episode. But I just wanted to point that out. We didn't really talk about that that much. Ellie's it's very back boring. Banging Jeff, Frashman Jesse. Who mm-hmm. cares? I thought you were going to call him Jeff, she's and reading, I was like, "Who's Jeff?" She's reading Chekhov. Oh, I'm so reading Chekhov. So much Chekhov. She was going to be late Chekhov. for class. Marco comes in on them. Comes in, walks in on them. What's she reading? War and Peace. That's a Chekhov, right? That's correct. That's a Chekhov. It's not a Chekhov. What's she reading? Grapes of Wrath. That's right, though, right? That's a Chekhov. That's not right? a Chekhov either. No. Three sisters. Three sisters. What's she reading? Rosemary's Baby. Uncle Vanya. Is that Chekhov? Yes. (laughs) Who wrote War and Peace? Tolstoy, I think. Oh, yeah, that's true. I went to college. That's correct. (laughs) Oh, you like it to read the Chekhov and the Leo Tolstoy? (laughs) I I really don't like either of them, though, to be honest, so. I like War and Peace, to be fair. Yeah. You I, I, like, I never read War and Peace. I like Crime and Punishment. That's Dostoevsky, right? Mm. That sounds kind of like a um Who wrote the firm? John Grisham. <laughs> the great John Grisham. <laughs> Those great books always remind me of America. like John Grisham a little bit. <laughs> Crime and Punishment. The classic <laughs> The Firm. <laughs> The influence of Dostoevsky can be felt very strongly in John Grisham's The Firm. That's what I would write my dissertation on. <laughs> I loved John Grisham as like an eight-year-old. Like, I, I did had, too. I had was, a very early I read appreciation. A lot of John Grisham. Yeah. The client, the client was so good. Oh, the client. I'll tell you, John Grisham books aren't good, but the fucking movies are very oh, good. Oh, they're so good. The client movie is excellent. The, the Pel- Pelican Brief? I just brief? rewatched oh. The Pelican Brief very recently. Pelican Brief. And it so held all the way up. It was mm-hmm. so good. Mm-hmm. The Firm is a the firm is okay. But it's okay. The Client and The Pelican Brief. And uh, The Rainmakers. Oh, John Grisham. So, Broomheads, thank you so much for sticking with us for 100 episodes. It's been lovely. So, broomheads, dope monkeys, thank you for being here with us. Chachis and chochis. We love you. (laughs) 
I think. I don't know. Pat's like going off on some other tangent. So maybe we love you. We love them. I just right? want to keep talking about. I, I fucking love. Oh my God. I love them more than I love my own son. <laughs> don't tell him that. I mean, this is going to be no, safe I for won't posterity. Tell him, but, but right now, I, they like are great. They like engage with it. He just yells at me all the time. He'll get better with age. I had a headache when we started and Rachel was like, why do you think you have a headache? And I was like, because my son doesn't ever stop talking. <laughs> and she said, well, where do you think he gets that from? Ha, 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 Sound like my mother. My mother says that shit. She does. You're right. You're both right. It is from me. That is, he is my son. Mm-hmm. I love him so much. He really makes Just me Just wait happy. until Jofus is here. Mm-hmm. I should point out to your cousin, that's a zebra, that that is also how he, that's him saying Joseph as well. Yeah. So he, in effect, wants to name his sister Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only name he knows right now. Yeah. Oh, Pat, before we go. Yeah. Oh, Rach. Hey, what's up? I know that you're going to be a special guest on something I soon. I am. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm. Yeah, I'm going on a podcast. I'm going on one of my favorite podcasts. It's uh, uh so I will be recording it on Monday next week. Mm-hmm. So Monday the 14th, mm-hmm. but then it will be up the following week. Okay. So that will be like the tw- Monday the 21st. So I guess we would have an episode. What? No. We no. So What's the name Monday of the podcast? The, 21st, the name of the show is Screen Drafts. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a great podcast. It's a podcast for people who love movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, two people, uh, very qual, much more qualified than me. It's uh, a lot of like legitimately famous like uh, critics mm-hmm. and uh, actors and directors and people who are like have IMDb pages. Mm-hmm. So and they go on this show and there's a topic and two people draft the seven best movies in a certain topic. The last one uh, a couple of weeks ago they did was uh, uh, the top seven movies by people who were on the show friends. Uh, so then they, but then they do like directors. They've done John Carpenter. Uh-huh. They do uh, horror, the best horror remakes. So it's a great show. I listen to it every week. It's really, really fun. It's called Screen Drafts. I am going on with my friend Brian Cogman to draft the top seven best Scrooge movies, A uh, Christmas Carol. So the adaptation of A Christmas Also, Carol. you said your friend Brian Cogman, also better known as a writer on Game of Thrones, that might be important yes, to point out also. He's much well. more important. Much <laughs> not, more not to quali- say that he's again, more important than you, be... but like we should just say he's not just your friend. He's your friend, and he's also a, a writer on Game of Thrones. He was a writer on the show Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. He's a, one of the producers on the Lord of the Rings uh, Amazon show that's coming. Mm-hmm. He's Everybody that has ever been on that show is more qualified than me. I am lucky enough to have Brian as a friend and he is is bringing me along. It's nepotism at its finest. <laughs> but what I lack in bylines and credits, I will make up for in enthusiasm and uh and passion for the for the for the t- subject at hand. So I'm very excited. So I will post about it. I'll certainly post about it on the Instagram mm-hmm. uh and the like. I forgot to be I I missed a couple of days of uh Posting a long December. I hope you're all listening to a long. Yeah, everyone posting caught up? every day on the Instagram. Mm-hmm. I hope everybody's listening to a long December every day to ensure your crops are going to be good. Because if not, you're going to have shitty crop season. Yeah, but don't Screen do that. Drafts podcast that will be up December 21st. I'm recording it on Monday of next week. I'm very very excited. So please please listen to the show and give it. Let let them know that uh, you're coming to it because of me. Like write a fucking email or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. 
tell him how much you love how much you love Pat, and then it'll get me so I can go back on it because I really do like the show. So thank you. Yeah, that's great. Thanks, Rach, for reminding me to do that. I forgot we had to come back and do an extra plug, but yeah, we don't plug stuff a lot. No, so. we don't, we're not doing much else. <laughs> so yeah, do that. Screen drafts. Go listen to it. Listen to a few beforehand. It's a very very great show. All right. Bye Thanks. for real this time. We love you. Bye for real.